Okay, here we go. Happy Friday. Welcome, everybody, to the New Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and we're back again. Please, before we get started, give me a follow, please, on X at Mike of the New Nation. No, that's wrong. I think it's Mike of the Nation. Uh, and we're on Instagram at the new dot nation. I'm pretty sure you can find me either way. Um, but yeah, I wanted to hop on to make a quick episode about last night's uh, debate that Elijah Schaefer, friend of the show, or friend of the former show, oh, RIP IDG, friend of the former show, friend of the current show, Elijah Schaefer, held a debate between Adam King, uh, Vin, who is it, Vince James, I guess, uh, Nick, and Gavin McGinnis, Nick Fuentes, and it went, <laughs> it went away, uh, and I'm sure you've been seeing memes all over the X sphere. Well, see, that's why Twitter was such a you know fun name because you could say Twitter sphere. You can tweet. Now it's do you say the exosphere? Do you just say oh on X memes have been circulating? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase that anymore. But yeah, we're gonna talk about that for a little bit. Um, what I wanted to start though was that something I've been experiencing on X, and if you've listened to the show in the past, um, or even just follow me on social media, I've said that I was never going to join Twitter, that I saw it as a black pill and just a black hole of depression and nihilism and just all around not nice, not being nice. So uh, I caved. I eventually did because I figured if, you know, if I ever started the New Nation back up, it'd be nice to have some sort of a twi Twitter presence to put more eyes on the show. But what I've noticed recently, and I've made a new rule, and I'm trying to stick to it. It's just very tough. But the new rule of being on Twitter is don't engage with females. Do not engage with women on Twitter. Doesn't matter. Conservative, liberal, leftist, traditional, Marxist women, women in general. And I'm, I'm not saying that we can't interact. That's fine. If you want to ask me a question, I'll answer it. Uh, if you want to follow, I, I definitely appreciate the follow. If you want to promote the show, promote the show. But arguing with a woman online, on Twitter, on X, even on Instagram, it's a zero-sum game. It is not worth it. Because with the leftist women, uh, it, it's easy. It's easy. It's so easy to disprove anything that, they're, that, that, that they say, uh, whether it's on abortion, feminism, any sort of political position that they hold. It's just easy. It's like an easy dunk. You know what I mean? With right-wing or traditional women on Twitter, they, 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 they shouldn't be arguing with men on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's sort of, um, uh, I guess what, what, what a, a, antithetical, I guess, to being a right wing woman or a traditional woman, you, you know, you don't argue with the men, but, um, I was just, I found that every interaction where I was arguing a point on Twitter was just so like like such a waste of time, especially when it came to abortion, because the women on Twitter and just women in general, when it comes to the pro-abortion stance, they they don't acknowledge the biology. You can take religion out of the abortion position if you want to. They don't they don't want to acknowledge the biology, and I think they do it on purpose. And I think most of them are probably just too dumb to understand it. Well, they they'll use the misnomers as like clump of cells and all the hyperbole they want to use just to dehumanize the baby in the womb. But you'll say just ridiculous things like, I don't think we should be killing the most vulnerable population uh, in society. And they'll say, oh, so you want to control women's bodies? 
and you say, well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to control a woman's body. I'm just advocating for the life of the baby inside. Oh, so men aren't responsible for making a baby? No, I didn't say that. Actually, that's really the only way that you can make a baby is if a man is involved. So men are definitely responsible for making babies, but they're not responsible for the you know woman's choice to kill or not kill her child. I'm sure there are some men who who promote abortion to their girlfriends once they find out that they're pregnant, but that's that's not the issue. Um, it, it's it's very weird. It's like they almost try to um, push any sort of responsibility apart from themselves. So uh, with the with, with the point of abortion on Twitter, I have kind of try to stay away from women. I've made that my new rule today and hopefully I can, you know, stick true to it. I can adhere to my own rules. It's tough though. It's tough. The pro aborts are they're a they they are a tough group to crack. To this day, I don't think I've ever even the only success story that I've had on the topic of abortion is my wife. To this day. And that was uh, da, 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 30, that was seven years ago. That was nearly seven years ago. To this day, I haven't really converted anybody online or in person. They've gotten harder to deal with. But uh, yeah, that's, I, I think that, that, that's my new rule. Hopefully I can adhere to that. Hopefully I can stick to that. Do not engage in arguments about anything on Twitter, on X, with women. So I, I just also, I, can, I, can I pull up a funny tweet that I saw. We all know a former guest on the new nation that I had was Tim of the new evangelicals. And he just posted something so retarded. I had to, <laughs> I just have to read it to you guys. Cause it's hilarious. Um, that's Will Somner posted that. Hold on one second. Um, what did he say? Okay. I guess it, it, they took this from a wired article where the, um, where the headline, or I guess the girth of the story is, conservative activist Charlie Kirk is gearing up for an anti-MLK campaign next week to coincide with the holiday, saying the Civil Rights Act was a huge mistake based. And true about Martin Luther King Jr. I think I did, we did, um, in one of our earliest episodes of IDG, we did a, a little segment on why Martin Luther King should not be celebrated. Well, everybody knows. One of the reasons, especially looking at it from a Catholic point of view, and I'm also sorry, I know that I do want to be making more Catholic-centered content, especially on this podcast, and we'll do that. We'll reserve that for like the in-person shows. Um, but for now, I think what I want to do is just take things that I'm seeing on Twitter, things that I'm seeing on Instagram, and just talk about those with you guys. Um, it's a little bit easier for me to come up with things to talk about uh, and then just kind of do a deeper dive when it comes to getting guests on the show that we can focus a little bit more on Catholicism. But yeah, even on a Catholic point of view of Martin Luther King, the dude denied the Trinity. So point one, not to celebrate him. Point two, he was an avowed uh, Marxist who actually got some Marxist training here in the state of Tennessee. I forget the name of the school that he attended but um, it was a, Mar a Marxist training ground. And you can go back to that old episode of IDG because I laid it out. And um, I know Doyle has done a comprehensive guide to uh, wanting to get rid of Martin Luther King Day as a, as, as a holiday, as a federal holiday. And just all around, he wasn't a good person. I think, what did the FBI find out when they tapped his phone and then when they tapped Mal Malcolm X's? They said Malcolm X is like a monk compared to Martin Luther King, just as far as like a womanizer and woman beater. 
But anyway, I digress. Okay, so this person on uh, X, Will Sumner, tweeted, uh, conservative activist Charlie Kirk is gearing up for an anti-MLK campaign next week to coincide with the holiday, saying the Civil Rights Act was a huge mistake. And then Tim from the New Evangelicals uh, quote tweets that. He said, as we've said and will continue to say, TPUSA is the rebirth of the KKK in 2024. TPUSA, one of the biggest, you know, like Zionist conservative organizations in the world is now all of a sudden KKK. It's like anybody who disagrees with me is the KKK. This is such a line from like 2016. The new evangelicals have not caught up. Um, and I just, I, I, I quote tweeted that and just basically said, Tim is a top knop, top notch grifter. Um, but seriously, all respect to Tim. Good for him. Yeah, so we're not going to spend too much time uh, talking about this debate. If you can, it's on Rumble. Go to uh, Elijah Schaefer's Slightly Offensive channel to go watch that debate. So he, he I think I heard about this a week ago, or was it a week and a half ago? But I'm pretty sure it's been um, in the works for a while. But for whatever reason, this was very surprising, uh, Gavin McInnes was on the side of the Zionists, and it was a debate on Zionism, and it was a debate on Jews. And it was Adam King, who is a, I guess he's a Jewish Zionist who has a show on InfoWars, and Gavin, who teamed up against Vince James and um, our boy, uh, Fick Fuentes, Nick Fuentes. And I didn't, I didn't get to watch most of it. Uh, the funniest part of that, of that whole uh, that whole debate, I, I don't remember where it was, um, what the timestamp was, or how long into the show it was, but... Obviously, I saw the clip circulating everywhere where Vince asked Adam King, he's like, okay, if you had to get rid of one, Catholicism or Islam, which one you get? would you get rid of? And the dude Adam says, without any sort of hesitation, he says, oh, yeah, Catholicism. And Kevin McInnes says, what? <laughs> and you can hear Ryan Katsu-Rivera in the background going, fuck you. And shortly after that, Gavin walks off the show. And I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is why you don't side with them. Listen, I, 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 I generally have a problem with these people, and it's you know from a Catholic point of view. Listen, you you, you don't want to be friendly and pal around with people who uh, deny your Savior's existence, and not even your Savior, but the Savior existence. Uh, they believe that Jesus Christ existed, but. They don't believe that he is the Messiah. They don't believe that he's the Son of God. They don't believe that he is our salvation. And, you know, the Talmud says horrible things about him. They say that he is boiling in hell in feces and that Mary, our Blessed Mother, was a prostitute. Horrible things. And the Talmud goes on to express some uh, pretty crazy opinions on, let's say, pedophilia, rape, all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know what Gavin was thinking. I think he just said, I'm friends with Jews in real life. Maybe I can defend the position. And he did this whole thing kind of where he laid out, okay, these Jews are cool. These Jews aren't cool. And it's basically the atheistic Jews in name only, he says, he calls them ginos, uh, that run the media. These are the Jews. These are the anti-Zionist Jews who, you know, we really shouldn't like. But yeah, Israel should exist, all this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think American money should go to help them. But yeah, they have a right to exist. No. No, and it's not that they don't have a right to exist, but it's just they don't have the right to a nation. Like, no one has the right to a nation. You either take over a nation or you don't. You don't rely on other countries' assistance to help you establish a nation. Um, 
so I don't know what he was expect. I don't know what he was expect expecting. I think Nick and Vince did a really really good job, and I texted Nick to see if he had a couple minutes just to give his reaction and what his favorite moment of the show was. So I texted him just to see if he would come on the show. So I want to see how much time I can waste to see if he texts back or to see if he says, yeah, give me a call. Um, so we can't do that. Uh, I wonder if I should call Gavin to say, hey, I'm, I'm recording a podcast right now. Do you want to get on the speakerphone and say your favorite moment of the show? Why don't we do that? Uh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm recording a podcast now. Do you have five minutes to talk about your favorite uh, moment of the debate uh, just give me a call let's see let's see how that goes because I, I understand the, the thing about it with me is when people text me I text back instantly and I understand that Nick and Gavin are probably two very busy people who are probably you know after a debate like that their phones are getting lit up uh, so they don't really have time to respond or even you know, talk, let alone respond. So these are just, what, what I do is I called casting lines out there. It's how I was able to do a lot of work in freelancing. I would just email people, hey, you want to come on the show? Or hey, can I photograph you? And I think I would just get lucky with timing. They just happen to see it pop up. I would say, eh, sure. Or nah, no, I don't want to do that. But uh, yeah, go to Slightly Offensive's channel on Rumble and uh, watch that debate. It was three, about three hours of fun. So kudos to Elijah for doing that. And the, you know, the overall feeling about Zionism, and I, and I do this from a very dumb perspective. I'm not at all as learned as someone like Nick is. And I kind of, you know, a couple of years ago, I probably would have had the same opinion that Gavin does. You know, you know, people have the right to exist. They have the right to establish a nation. Uh, and yeah, Jews are overall, okay, I don't have any problems with them. But over the course of the past two, three years or so, I think, especially with the um, the return to Catholicism, my opinion has drastically changed. It's not that I hate Jews. Like, I don't hate Jewish people. I just wish that they were Catholic. I wish that they would accept our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I really do. So that's where, um, that's where I, I part ways with Gavin on that now. Um, and I notice things, you know, I've been, I've been noticing things. And like I said, I, I lived in Brooklyn. I, I, I saw how the Hasidim lived and a lot of things just didn't seem right to me. Um, and I've been to Israel in 2013. I was in Israel. I went with Bieber, uh, where we stayed in Tel Aviv, performed in Tel Aviv, and I got to travel to, uh, Jerusalem. I personally didn't travel to Jerusalem cause I wasn't feeling good on one of the days, but I did do, uh, the Sea of Galilee. We went on a little boat trip up there and um, I got to experience that. Uh, you know, Tel Aviv is just kind of like, it, Tel Aviv is kind of like a gay Jewish Rio. If you've ever been to Rio, you, you kind of have a similar feeling of Tel Aviv, you know? A lot of, a lot of, a lot of gay in Tel Aviv. I didn't really like that. Um, but yeah, having said that, I don't, I don't ultimately care about about Israel. Um, I don't really care about its right to quote unquote exist. Um, take it over already. You know, if you guys are supposed to be the superior people in the superior military force, uh, take it over already. I understand you guys have a lot of problems with the neighbors who are helping your enemies out, but you know, I'm kind of over having to, you know, 
give you guys money constantly and have people on the right saying that we have to support our, our, our brothers in arms or we have to support our whole Judeo-Christian values. Or no, 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 no. There cannot be any Judeo-Christian values. They're antithetical to each other, okay? I would say that the only thing that we share are the Ten Commandments, and that's really it, uh, unless you start talking to Messianic Jews, and then that that you know that kind of... That's a whole other discussion. Uh, but who was it? Was it Pope Pius uh, X on Israel and Jews? Or was it that Pope Pius Twelfth? I can't remember. Um, was it Pope Pius the Yeah, Pope Pius X. What did he say? What did he say? Hmm. He said something like, because Jews don't recognize Christ, we cannot... Ah, ha, ha. We cannot give approval to this movement, I, I would assume, is Zionism. We cannot prevent the Jews from going to Jerusalem. We can't do that. We can't prevent them. We'll, you know, we can't enforce any travel laws on them. But we could never sanction it. The soil of Jerusalem, if it was not always sacred, has been sanctified by the life of Christ. And as head of the church, I cannot tell you anything different. The Jews have not recognized our Lord. Therefore, we cannot recognize the Jewish people. And uh, I, I understand that. Um, whoa. All that the Pope could promise the Jews coming to Israel would be that he would do his best to turn them into Catholics. And so if you come to Palestine and settle your people there, we shall have churches and priests ready to baptize all of you. Pope Pius X was pretty based, wasn't he? Um, now I understand that there have been some popes who uh, in the more recent years have kind of softened on that message. But Pope Pius X, what a guy. What a pope. We kind of need that back now, don't we? Um but yeah, that's. I just wanted to do a little quick uh, show just to give you my reaction to that podcast. It was pretty simple. Nick won uh, when it all comes down to it. And um, yeah, that's it. What else is happening? It's Friday. I don't even know. See, this is the problem with this podcast. And this is the problem that whenever I do podcasts with audio, I don't really have to prepare anything. Though I figure I should, right? I should try and prepare things. Um and here, here's something I was thinking about. This is going to be like the weirdest sort of all over the place uh, ADD type of podcast that you're going to experience, I think. And at least with the sit down interviews that are planned months ahead of time, I think those will have a little bit more cohesion and a little bit more order where these are just going to be like, you know, Dory from Finding Nemo. If something pops into my head, I'll say it. And if, you know, I forget what I was going to say, then I'll try and remember it for five seconds and then move on. But um, here's something I was going to say. I took my daughter to, uh, she has like a little gymnastics class on Fridays. We're just getting her into a little bit of ballet. It's like three-year-old ballet. It's not real ballet. You know what I mean? It's not done at a dance studio. Uh, it's done at the same place where the gymnastics classes. And it's not really gymnastics. It's kind of like, here, here here's a bunch of mats that you can you guys, you guys can do flippies on and spins and a bunch of slides and a ball pit. But I kind of saw something that mirrored myself maybe about a couple months ago. You take them to the you take them to the gymnasium for gymnastics. You sit them all in a circle, and in the beginning of the class, the teacher's saying, "Okay, let's pat the floor. Let's make some muscles. Let's twist back and forth." And all the kids do it, and you kind of help them if you can. But um, there was a guy who was next to me. There are not too many men who attend these classes, but there was a guy who was next to me. He was with his, I'd assume it's a toddler, uh, maybe three years old, maybe about to turn three. But he was he was very kind of like way too involved in making sure that his son did the right thing. 
You know, when, she, when, she, when the teacher was like, make your muscles, he's like, come on, buddy, make it, make some muscles. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Make muscles. Okay. Hit the ground. You're not hitting the ground, buddy. Come on. Hit the, hit the ground. Come on. Come on. Why aren't you listening? Like the kids three. And that probably would have been me about two to three months ago. I kind of wanted to make my daughter not seem dumb if other people are watching, if that's putting it, you know, as lightly as I can. Because, you know, in any sort of class where there's a diverse group of children, and I don't know if I want to use diverse, but if there's a big group of kids, some are going to be smarter than the others. So you see a child who's listening and mirroring everything that the adult or the teacher is doing, and then you see your kid who's just kind of spinning on her own axis and not paying attention, and then you get kind of disappointed and a little bit hurt that your kid isn't as smart. But the thing is that I've learned is that these kids learn on their own time and at their own pace. I don't want to be the dad who's forcing his kid to do the same exact movements of the teacher. And this kid was, if anything, he was more kind of watching and studying. I was like, oh, that seems beneficial in some way. But, you know, to have the dad kind of down the throat of a three-year-old and just kind of forcing him to do things that he's not really even clear on what they are. That seemed a little that seemed a little sad and I kind of recognized that in myself and that's why when I now go to gymnastics with my daughter, I I kind of just, you know, let her do what she wants to do as far as, you know, mimicking the movements. You know, if she has to sit on a mat or if it's her turn next and she has to stand at a certain place, that is instilling some sort of sense of order and discipline. So when it comes to that, I'm, you know, making sure, hey, sit on the mat or, hey, okay, go step on the circle, wait your turn. That, I think, is the right sort of guidance that we can give our children rather than sort, rather than forcing them to look like the other kids, if that makes any sense. Um, and it's all so impactful. These kids, they, they're, they're like sponges. They, they, they soak everything up and they hold on to it. And I'm not surprised, you know, if... One day, my daughter, when she was like nine, would say like, dad, remember when, you know, we would go to the gymna- gymnastics and you would, you would do this or that? And I say, wow, you remember that? Yeah, okay, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, yelled at you for not wanting to do the thing. You know what I mean? I should have just sort of um, respected your decision, which is a weird thing to say to a three-year-old. I respect your decision. You don't have to do that. You don't have to necessarily get down on that level of being walked over where you let your three-year-old walk over you but you find you get on their level even physically you know I've kind of stopped uh talking to my child from just standing up because she has to look up and it's a very intimidating position so if there's something really important that I want to tell my child I will get down on one knee I will kind of try to get on her eye level and then we'll talk from there and that's not letting your kid walk all, walk all over you. It's not this sort of millennial type of parenting. But uh, I want to be the parent who is not remembered for being super harsh or yelling at their kid for most of their childhood. I want to be understanding. I want to be there for them. So that is the plan moving forward. Uh, oh, also, here's another thing. Uh, you know, Nick or Gavin probably won't text or call. But uh, I, di- I did want to say something to uh, something to the effect of uh, just admiration as far as Nick goes. I just remember, I think, so Nick is going to be, at some point in the near future, a very, very important and a very mainstream face for, uh, and I don't want to use conservatism, so I'll just say the right. 
and he's not he's not necessarily mainstream now you know he's a fringe guy but he's gaining popularity more and more and it's just it it all clicked for me when i remember the groiper wars versus tpusa asking a very very important question hey what's conservative about sodomy and they couldn't answer it they, they, they gave libertarian responses. Oh, well, what two people do in the confines of their own home with consent? Uh, that's really all that matters. And when you get older, when you start a family, when you are practicing Catholic, those things start to matter. Those answers start to matter. It will turn you off to people who maybe you once respected, who have now uh, towed the line with, libertarians and with liberals and who aren't really standing firm in what they claim to believe. And that's why like I, I had a little bit of a of a talk with someone on a on a on an X space. Cause there's this guy, he he had blocked me since then. If anybody if anybody knows his feed or at on Instagram, please DM it to me or put it in a comment somewhere. But there's this guy on Twitter called Conservative Ant. He has since blocked me. But he came out sort of in the uh, in the calendar gate week that happened uh, about what, what like a week and a half ago, a week now, where he was just coming out and just railing against uh, traditional or conservative Christian female influencers, and you know you go you go to the guy's bio. I can't see what it says now, but it's like gay conservative influencer, American flag, all this stuff. And I asked him. I said, "Hey, Aunt, can you tell me what's conservative about sodomy?" Question mark would tweet at him again. Hey, aunt, would you want to debate on what's conservative about anal sex? Hey, aunt, you know, what's conservative about anal sex? And in the Twitter space, I think the discussion was, oh, you know, Mike, why wouldn't you want, you know, as many people as you could who would vote the same way you do? And I was just saying, I have absolutely no interest in having sodomites vote the same way that I do. It's antithetical to the positions that I hold. You cannot be a traditional conservative and have sex with men if you're a man. You cannot do that. There's nothing conservative about it. You know what's even more conservative? And literally to the word conservative. What's more conservative is a man who has sexual attractions to another man, but who has the discipline not to act on it because he knows it's an abomination. Right, I have so much more respect for that type of conservative who is actually, you know, uh, owning up to the tenets of conservatism, and I would much rather that guy be uh, in my sphere or if that guy be in my movement rather than the active sodomite. Does that does that is that fair? That that makes pretty much. I, I think that checks out. Um. So that's that's harsh. I don't, it's not harsh. I just don't know where that um, little sidebar came from. Um, so yeah, let's let's see if there's anything interesting on uh, on the on the exits going on. I figure I just have you know Twitter open just to see if there's anything interesting I can talk about. Let's see what's trending. Tucker's trending. Delta Airlines is, uh, Protestants is trending. Oh wow, interesting. I wonder why. Is it just the use of the word Protestants themselves? Let's see. Modern Crusaders. Nick Fuentes explains the myth of Judeo-Christian and the Pharisaic origin of modern Jude. Yes. Yes. Uh, Adam King. There is Judeo-Christian. There just isn't Judeo-Catholic. And Nick said, I'm glad you said that, actually, because Protestants are basically Jews. Oh, based based and real. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I guess, I guess Protestantism is trending. 
Now, also, I saw a tweet from Laura Loomer, and I let me um, let me bring this up because I did quote tweet it, uh, and I just I don't get these people. These people are okay. So Laura Loomer tweeted this: Is the deep state activating HARP to disrupt the Iowa caucus? We all know Nikki Haley has lots of friends in the defense industry and military industrial complex. She's losing in Iowa, and now Iowa is set to get hit with a once-in-a-decade blizzard as Donald Trump is set to dominate the Iowa caucus. Is the deep state using HARP to rig the Iowa caucus? Looks like weather manipulation to me. Look at this weather radar and see how the incoming snowstorm is accelerated out of nowhere. (sighs) These, These people are kind of on the same level as flat earthers. Um, weather happens. Weather patterns, they can be um, predicted, I suppose, but anomalies do happen. It's also Iowa in January. It's going to snow a lot. There's going to be blizzards, okay? Like, to act surprised that a big snowstorm is going to happen in the middle of January in Iowa just because it's around the same time as a caucus and it's going to derail Trump, who cares, by the way, you have to be loony. Loony Laura Loomer. I I mean, I understand that there's a lot of people who like her. I understand there's a lot of people on the right who like her. I think she's batshit crazy. I actually even photographed her back in 2017 for that um, for that book that I was doing. But, uh, she, you know, crazy people can be influential. I just think she's off of her rocker. It's absolutely ridiculous. If we have any people from Iowa listening into the show, you know, tweet at me, uh, send me a DM just saying things like, you know, it's completely not surprising that this would happen. Um, I understand what HARP is. I understand that the program to create weather as a possible weapon is a very interesting one. I just don't think that Nikki Haley's defense department ties are going to do that in order to help her because it doesn't matter like trump is still going to be the nominee anyway so i guess um whatever works i suppose um let's see oh god there's this awful dude there's this awful dude named thomas Pelega on um on or sorry on twitter who is this catholic gay he's a he him person um, everybody pretty much hates him for the most part. And he just kind of posts the most coal you could ever see. Um, and he just, I, I have no idea. I haven't thought about this at all. I'm just kind of scrolling past it. If a couple has sex and a woman doesn't climax, is that a violation of church teaching? Catholic teaching requires the procreative and unitive aspects of sex not to be separated. Is this not an objective separation? I don't think that he, him understands how babies are created. Um, no, a, uh, an orgasm doesn't have to preclude or isn't required in order for a child or a human life to be created. I don't know if, uh, if he understands that, um, that, so if a couple has sex and a woman doesn't climax, that's not a violation of church teaching. I don't think that's mentioned anywhere in the catechism, um weird uh yeah some of the comments here when you totally understand catholic moral theology the comments i want to make well time for my morning coffee and someone said it's simply unrealistic based on the probabilistic outcomes that every encounter for a couple would be both procreative and unitive uh and to that he says extremely well said uh which automatically makes me disagree with that uh let's see what does this have to do with anything yeah based uh, not according to the church 
And I mean in reference to your direct question and also to your assertion that the unitive quote aspect is defined solely or ultimately by one by that one aspect of the marital act and also your insinuation that the choice to use contraceptive is the same type of decision as desiring but failing to achieve a bodily function that neither person is ultimately in control of. Yeah, I mean, real. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. This is the type of things that these people have to post in order to get noticed. Sad. Um, oh, this is John Miller uh, tweeted this. This is uh, Adam King who is the uh, the Jewish fella who is debating against Nick. Here's something to consider. Biden is the first Catholic president since JFK. The reason they want the border flood isn't just for nefarious reasons like voter fraud and human trafficking. The satanic Vatican is trying to make America more Catholic. Border crisis is Catholic number one. Someone, I think another Jew was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it, it's weird too, because if the migrants on the Southern border were seeking asylum due to religious persecution against Catholics like that would kind of make sense but I don't think Biden has any sort of Catholic directive in order to um, get more votes uh, for a, a Catholic end in America or to have America be more Catholic uh, no that's just a cope it's because he wants to stay in power and they want to do anything they possibly can to make sure no person on the right ever wins an election again so what do you do you get people to vote for you by giving them everything they want for free and at risk of basically uh, isolating your uh, tax-paying public. So, yeah, that's just dumb. Uh, let's see here. I want to get, listen, I want to get Sovereign Bra Chase onto the show. I've DM'd him. I reached out to him. He has no, um, no desire, not no desire, but he has no plans to be in Nashville uh, in the time, in, 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 in the, what am I talking about? He has no... Uh, plans to be in Nashville in the um, in the near future. I guess that's what I was trying to say. And so I'm saying, like, even if I can fly you out, you should come because I want him to be the first guest uh, on the on the YouTube episode, as far as the new nation is concerned. Because I this he's leaning so close to Catholicism, so I want to try and bring him a little bit closer if I can. And also, if there are guests that we really want to see on the show, I'm going to do GoFundMes to fly the guest in and put them up so that they can stay. And like I said, it's only going to be happening maybe once a month, maybe once every two months, just because I want the guests to be really, really good. And, you know, if if I announce a guest and, you know, the overwhelming majority of people want that guest on the show, then I think it's not a stretch to be like, hey, you know, I'll contribute, you know, I'll contribute substantially a little bit more to the GoFundMe. If you know you guys want to contribute $10 to get this guy on the show, make sure he gets there, make sure he has a flight and a hotel. I think that would be cool. I think that'd be good. So uh, let's get Sovereign Bra Chase onto the show. DM him, tweet him, and um, yeah, we'll probably end it there. Is there anything I have left to say? Is there anything um, more pressing on X that I can scroll down to? All right, that's it. Have a happy Friday. Have a happy weekend. And we will see you at some point next week. Bye. God bless.